for my sermon today, uh, we're going to be talking, and we won't be talking too long because the kids are here. We're going to be talking about laziness, okay? Laziness and being a slothful person, okay? What the Bible poignantly calls the sluggard, and it's bad, okay? And to illustrate this, I'm actually going to need two volunteers, so I'm actually going to call up, we had a wonderful youth retreat, so I'm going to call up our two youth pastors because I need their help, okay? So Gene and Sergio, if you don't mind coming up, okay, let's give them a hand, okay? You guys did such a wonderful job at the youth retreat, I want to give you a present. So what it is, is this, okay? There's two cups here. No, please, just come up here, okay? One's going to be water. One's going to be vinegar, okay? So turn around. I'm going to fill the second cup of vinegar. I'm going to kind of mix it around, and then you can choose whichever one you want. At 50-50, it's vinegar, okay? Yeah, I'm mixing it around. No, I promise both are not vinegar. Okay, so you can turn around, okay? Gene, since you're the youngest, I'm gonna let you choose. Which one do you want? Do you want that one or this one? Okay, we can, don't, okay, then switch. Stand in front of it, okay? All right, so Sergio, okay? You can go first, okay? Don't smell it, go ahead. <laughs> what was that? Water. All right, Gene. It was not water. It was vinegar. It's a little gift. Let's give him a hand. This is not just to torture them or to, to make you laugh. But the Bible tells us clearly something, all right? It's going to lay down some truth for us. In Proverbs 10, 26, this is what the Word of God says. Like vinegar to the mouth or teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. Like drinking vinegar, wishing it around in your mouth. Or if you've ever had smoke, I was going to do a smoke thing, but that would be kind of weird at church. In your eyes, you are an irritant. Laziness is irritating. If you've ever experienced this at work, a coworker who's lazy, it's irritating. You got to cover for them. If you've ever done a group project at school and one person is not doing anything because they're lazy, what do you want to do? Take their name off the group project because it's irritating. Or if you have a brother or sister and they don't do their chores and you got to do it for them, it's irritating. It affects your life negatively. It affects those that are around you. It affects those that you are sent to. You are a bad witness. But I want you to know something about laziness. Because I think you're like, oh, man, my parents tell me don't be lazy all the time. Well, I want to frame it in a different way. Laziness is not just irritating. The Bible clearly teaches us, and the reason why this word for us is so important is that laziness, being slothful, and being a sluggard is a sin. It's not just irritating. 
It's not just bad for you. It doesn't just affect those that are around you. It's a sin. It's so serious that Jesus actually had a parable about it. Do you remember the parable of the talents? Anyone? What's the parable of the talents? Jesus gives 10 talents, 5 talents, 1 talents to different people. And then to the one person that he gave one, he was lazy. And so he dug in the ground, put his talent in, and did nothing with it. And Jesus did not like, and he recognized the laziness in his heart. And what does he call him in Matthew 25, 26? This is what Jesus says. He says to the one person, this is you wicked, evil, slothful servant. I want you to understand something. God created us for work. God created us to do hard work. Now, this shocks us sometimes in the church because we have such a kind of a negative kind of reaction to that word, work, because we don't want to be legalistic. We don't want to be living in some sort of works righteousness. But I want you to understand something, and we're going to get into all of that, that God created work in the Garden of Eden. That Adam and Eve, when God created them, they were working For some odd reason, even in my mind, sometimes I think Adam and Eve was like by the lake, naked, and just eating fruit. That's the picture I had. But it's not like that at all. God had actually told them in the Garden of Eden to work. See, this is what Tim Keller says. And the reason why I'm quoting Tim Keller is we're going over that book, A Good Endeavor. This is from a quote from that book to kind of entice you to kind of join our community groups. He says, the fact that God put work in paradise in the Garden of Eden is startling to us because we often think of work as a necessary evil or even punishment. And it isn't. Now, it's not easy, but God created us and gave us opportunity so that we can make the best of our days and to work for the glory of God. And laziness will keep us from that. And so this morning, we're going to look at a creature from the Bible, the ant, okay, to learn a few lessons on how we ought to not be lazy, but to live to the best of our abilities for the glory of God. Everyone with me? Okay. I'm going to give you some permission. If the person next to you is bugging you, you can go, stop it, okay? I'm going to give you permission throughout the sermon. But if you do it too much, I'm going to tell you to stop. So we're going to look real quickly through this. The first thing we ought to learn from the ant, number one, is that the lesson we learn is that the ant is internally driven. Internally driven. So look here at verse 6. Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Verse 7. Without having any chief officer or ruler... She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Now, the ant does not work because there is a superior or a boss or a professor that they are trying to impress or because they are watching them, but they are just internally driven, right? We've all done this, haven't we? I used to take a SAT prep class at Elite. Anyone know what that is? Have you taken it? It's terrible. It's like torture, okay? So I was in one, and it was a math class. 
And the first hour was the teacher teaching. Then for the next hour, he would leave and give us worksheets to practice what we just learned. When the teacher left, what do you think would happen? The class of 15 of us, we would what? Soon as the teacher left, we start playing poker. Or this game called Posoidos. Have you ever, any of you guys played Posoidos? Yeah? I guess no one's from Cerritos. Okay. <laughs> so we used to play it all the time. And the person closest to the door, their job was as soon as they heard the, the footprints of the teacher coming, what would they do? They would sneeze as loud as they could. And then we would just and then start going. Now, every practice test we had in that class, all of us failed. It was terrible. We learned nothing. You see, that it's a waste. It's a waste. Here, the end, we see that they are internally driven because they understand that work is good and it's what they were created for. And here, Michael Hoodman says this. He says, just like that, right, in our new nature, right, we are to be motivated to diligence and productiveness out of a love for our Savior who redeemed us, right? So our old propensity toward laziness and all other sin has been replaced by a desire to live godly lives. Meaning, because God already saved us, because our identity is not that we are working for salvation, but we are what? Working out our salvation. We are saved by grace, but we are prepared for good works. Because of these reasons, we are internally driven. Not because someone is watching over us but because we understand that we, it's good to work and be productive for the Lord. It's what we are created for. Number two, we see here, don't be half-hearted in your work. In verse eight, it says, the ant, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. So there are two seasons, a preparation season and a harvest season, and there's consistency and effort in both. Why is that important? Because in the preparation, it's hot, there's no fruit, and yet the end continually still works. Meaning, in our lives, there's gonna be seasons where it's just a preparation phase, where you're working hard and you're not really seeing any fruit. It's just really hot, the circumstances aren't ideal. You don't give up and you stay consistent in your effort. The harvest season, you see that when it's time to work, the ant recognizes, all right, it's time for me to gather because it's harvest season. When it's time to rest, you rest. When it's time to work, you work. You don't want to mix those things around. I was watching, uh, I saw on Facebook, there was this feed of this guy. And this is a guy who was doing a treadmill exercise while eating. I don't know, have you ever seen this? Take a look. Okay, I apologize that he's shirtless, okay? But what I want you to see is that this is a man who has mixed up what it means to just rest hard and to work hard. He's not even eating well. He's not even working out well. He's doing nothing well because he's trying to mix everything together. You see, there needs to be a consistency and effort, and whatever you do, you do it with the best of your ability, and you work hard at it, even when there aren't fruit. 
You see, when we're talking about laziness, what you need to understand is when it's time to rest, when it's time to Sabbath, you go wholehearted and you rest well. When it's time for the harvest, you work hard and you give your best effort. And here, there's a discipline that comes from working and living life in that fashion. The third thing we see here, don't let excuses get in the way of our work effort. Okay? If you look at verse 10, it says this, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Now what this is, is this is kind of the excuse that's given by people, right? There's an excuse that we can give to be lazy, right? We can all have excuses about whatever reason. If you look at Proverbs 22:13, this is actually a sluggard giving an excuse, and it says this. The sluggard says, there is a lion outside, I shall be killed in the streets. What he's saying is, I'm not going to do anything because it's dangerous. It's too risky. I, I, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. And we can have an excuse for anything that God calls us to, right? And if we say it enough, we can justify ourselves and just kind of sit and procrastinate. And a little folding of the hands all of a sudden becomes just wasting away days and opportunities that God gives us. I call this the Moses syndrome. See, I think sometimes we think like, I can't do it, I can't do it. And then you just kind of make excuse after excuse. And God's like, look, I'm going to take care of it. Just follow me and I'm going to take care of it. I will be with you. And so let's not let excuses get in the way of what God is calling us to do. Lastly, if you look, poverty will come upon you. This is the reality check of what happens to people that are lazy or procrastinating too much. In verse 11, it says, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man, meaning you will end up with nothing. If you are not practicing just giving in to the temptation of being lazy and not being productive with the opportunities that God gives you. The reality check is that you will be left with nothing. And I think this is powerful, and I don't want it to end here, because this affects our work, this affects school, this affects our relationships. But more than that, I want to kind of point us to this last part. It affects our spiritual lives. We need to work hard and to know that if we don't put effort into our spiritual lives, you're going to end up one day and say, look, man, I'm so far from the Lord. Why do you think that is? It's because we are not giving our effort to seek the Lord and to find Him. We cannot be lazy in our spiritual disciplines. It's, it's shocking like, right now, I remember growing up, my parents, okay, when they became Christian, my dad became a Christian later on in life, they never missed church. Never. They were on vacation, and we were in Las Vegas. We went to church. They never missed. Now, some of it was for the wrong reasons. But now we're kind of the antithesis of that sometimes because I, I talk to people who struggle with like my roommate in college. He made every excuse to miss church. I remember one day I came in and he didn't go to church and I was like, what happened? He's like, it's too hot. I was like, bro, hell is hot. 
right? I mean, like, like, I mean, so, I mean, but I, I think sometimes we, we give in and we're now like the other side, which is like, we're just now, it's okay. And we need to understand that God gives us only a few amount of days on this earth. And we need to account with the Lord. Now, he's not going to love us less. We're not working for salvation. But I wonder, because our chief work in this life is to live for him and to bring him glory. And we should not be slothful in that. Amen? And so I want to I do something. I want you to say this to the person next to you. Okay? I'm not going to be lazy about, okay? And then I want you to say this. Doing my chores. Say that to the person next to you. Okay, that's for most of the children. Okay, that's for most of the children and maybe some of the husbands, okay? All right? Secondly, I'm not going to be lazy about studying really hard. Say that to the person next to you. Okay, good? Okay, I want you to remember this. Children... High school kids, you just came back from retreat. If your parent comes to you and says, I want you to read a book, you can be like, man. Remember, don't be lazy about studying hard. This is an opportunity that God has given you, okay? Next, I'm not going to be lazy about waking up when I need to. Say that to the person next to you. Okay, we're going to go a little faster, okay? I'm not going to be lazy and play too many video games. Say that to the person next to you. Okay, all right. Uh, why was that like a, oh. <laughs> okay, maybe a lot of us struggle with that, but uh, let's get a little bit more serious. I'm not going to be lazy about praying. Say that to the person next to you. Okay? Next, I'm not going to be lazy about coming to church. Okay? Next, I'm not going to be lazy about reading my Bible. Okay. These are commitments that we're making to each other, okay? These are commitments. Now, why are we doing this? Because I'm going to tell you right now, from the little kids all the way up to adults, there will be a temptation every single day for you to just procrastinate, to be lazy, to justify the fact that you can just rest and sit on your butt. And some of that, maybe you need rest. Maybe you just struggle with working too hard. And that's another sermon. But for most of us, if you struggle with procrastination, being too lazy, and you need a kick in the butt... You need to pray. You need to get people in your life so that you start figuring out that, man, God has not given me this life just so that I can just sit there, but he's given me an opportunity to live for him and to give him glory. Let's learn from the ant. Let's start to practice and be wise and to know that each and every day is a gift to serve and to live it fully for the Lord. Amen? All right, let's pray together. God, we just thank you for this wonderful word. This is probably a struggle for many of us. 
I want to pray for all of us that we would be hardworking, give good effort. But at the end of the day, Lord, to be people, especially in our spiritual lives, that are seeking you, that are giving max effort to your kingdom work. Because ultimately, you have already saved us. You have called us your redeemed sons and daughters. And each and every day you give us, may you live it fully so that you would be pleased in all that we do and all that we think and all that we fight to work and to put max effort in. We thank you for your wonderful word this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.